and welcome back to Bar Down Breakdown. I'm your host, straight off the island that emo built at Yes Men Outfitter. You got your boy live from the hive, Hawaiian Ryan at Mikey CLT Michael. Devon. I just, I just realized I've been saying at Mikey CLT since we started this podcast, and that's not any one of your. <laughs> Dude, so first of all, it took me almost, I would say, six months to realize that you're saying at the island that Emo built or whatever. The island that Emo built, yeah. Dude, you, you just like say it so quick and so smooth that it took me the longest time that actually Caitlin had to remind me. What, that I don't say that? No, that, that you, I do say that? You, that you do say that. Yeah. I'm just a dumb man. Yeah, that's not true. So, uh, man. when am I going to be expecting my Hawaiian shirt in the mail? You will not. I don't know what it is with you out-of-state people. You all think that they just give us a million things when we walk in the door if we ask for them. <laughs> it does not happen for was me. It, was it, che- like, cheesy quality? No, it's... Awesome. Dude, the promotions that they've given away this year are awesome. Damn it. So I guess I have to really be uh, searching eBay for that one. Yeah, I mean, you're going to spend a lot of money, too, um, on it. But, yeah, no, I'm, I love my I – love, uh, I love what they've been doing. It was, uh, it was a weird game back yesterday. Um, I think it was a pretty good ba- bounce-back game from a break. And, you know, if you've followed – any of their the players' Instagram accounts, like they were living it up. So Yeah, they all do. That's the that's the move. Uh you know, a lot of people in Arizona, a lot of people in uh, Jamaica. So, you know. They're uh being on break as an NHL player is is certainly not the worst thing that could happen to you all. No, no, and especially the the way we went into the break. A lot of these guys needed to let their bodies rest a little. And I'm talking about the job of a hockey player in general. It's not just people on the Islanders. It's anybody. These guys are all over the place. No, yeah. I, I think that's just anyone. What like, a life to lead. Sometimes you just need a, a mental health day and, you know, having a, a, a break for a week or two is just what you need to recharge the batteries. A little vacay sitch. Love the move. Well, um, speaking of vacay, I wouldn't call it a vacay, but it would be a vacation for some of us. Uh, we've got uh, two awesome dudes that you've probably heard about if you follow the hockey world, the goings-ons of the hockey people. Uh, you have 31 and 31. The guys doing 31 arenas in 31 days. Um, and yeah, it's an awesome project and it's an awesome vacation for any one of us. To them, they've turned it into work. It's definitely work, man. They, I followed their uh, journey yesterday. They, they went to three arenas in like the last like 26 hours or whatever. Incredible. Yeah. And the, they're, and they're the, no joke. And the documentation of it all is 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 insane too. It's just those two. They got to make sure they get all the content. They got to make sure it's edited and well, and they're done. pros, man. 
quickly. Oh yeah. This isn't their first rodeo. And we talk about it on, in the interview, you know, these two guys, um, come from our music scene, which is even cooler. And I think, you know, when national media picks up on them, they're, they're not going to realize that side of the story. So it's cool that bar down was able to once again, make that connection between our music scene and the hockey world. And, you know, it's just so awesome that these two dudes that are taking part on such an awesome journey are one of our own. Oh, you're saying we got them? Oh, we got them. Is that what is that what happened? That that, they, that we, is what we, happened. We interviewed them? Yeah, dude. We 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 caught on early on. You know, oh. it was very early in their journey. And uh we could say that we we snatched them up before some of the bigger networks and whatnot caught on to them. What an insane coincidence for me to just bring them up out of the blue and then for us to have them on this yeah, this episode. What episode are they coming? Is it this episode? This episode. Why, so on, what are you what are you why waiting? Why don't we go to it already? The people are yeah. waiting, Devin. Jesus. All right. Well, lead us in, Mike. That's your job. All right. So here's our interview with Matt and Tim of 31 and 31. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you follow them. I hope you follow all of the sponsors that help make their trip happen. So, uh, enjoy. Thirty-one and thirty-one, the famed thirty-one arenas in thirty-one days project. Um, just an awesome, awesome idea. It's a, it's something that you dream of, probably. Uh, most most of us would dream of doing. Um, and they're getting to live it. So, uh, boys, how are we doing? 
Doing well. Yeah. Yeah, man. Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. 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 No problem. So um, it's awesome to have you guys on, especially because you guys have been getting a lot of uh, play. I uh, saw you hanging out with the Chicklets guys in, in St. Louis and and um, you can follow along on the Instagram at 31, 31 and 31. Um, and you guys are getting to do a little bit of a, a car wash type deal in all the places you go, which is which is awesome. You guys are getting a lot of press over there. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, all the teams have been super, um, super welcoming and allowing us to come watch morning skate and uh, get a get an arena tour and and hang out. And it's uh, it's been better than we uh, expected, I guess. Yeah, the response has been really uh, overwhelmingly positive. I thought some people would just kind of not care, but everyone we talked to is super super excited and they want to talk to us about it. So that's that's been a nice refreshing change from you know some people caring and some people not so have you heard of anyone else doing something this crazy like i'm sure that there's been other fans who have visited all 31 arenas but i can't imagine anyone else being able to do it all in one season let alone 31 days when we first well when maddie first called me it was all his idea he just called me and said do you want to come document it and i was like hell yeah let's go but when he first sent it to me i did a little bit of research and I found a YouTube video of a guy that did, um, he drove it in his car and he did like 80, I don't know, like 82 days or something like that. Um, and he had all of the, all the, Yo. but it was, uh, yeah, it was oh, not, sorry. A, no, you're good. <laughs> I didn't know if that was me, but yeah, so we saw he did like 80 something days. So I didn't do like a, you know, a deep dive into the internet, but. In quick search, there was no one that had done it and documented it the way that we are. No, that's yeah, awesome. There was, a, uh, there was actually a, a reporter. I think he's a beat reporter around the league. Um, and he did, I believe he did 30 and 30 like the year before Vegas um, kicked off. But he, I'm pretty sure he did it like with the teams, like just jumping on flights and, you know, as a reporter, like way easier access, way it's just and I don't think it was really documented. It was just kind of like he did it and maybe wrote a blog about it or whatever. But um, yeah, it was like somebody internal, not a fan. So, Matt, you're you're the brainchild behind this project. How many people did you really ask before you decided to ask Tim? <laughs> um, honestly, I I was planning on just going by myself, and then something. I I, th- I think I was with Tim like a week or two before I got it all finalized or something. I can't remember. Um, and he wasn't, I mean, he's, he wasn't tied down with work or anything like that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I openly joked like on the internet, I was like, I'm doing this. If anyone wants to tag along and, you know, of course people were like, I'm down. That would be great. That'd be great. But nobody has the time to take off work or <laughs> they're not actually going to do it. And I just, yeah, I was like, you should come with me and document this whole thing. And he was like, sure. Yeah, in doing anything, it's 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 easy to get people excited, but it's hard to get people to follow through. So it's mm-hmm. rare that when you're like, you know, if I don't know if you've ever tried to book a trip with friends, um, that's like a perfect example. Everybody wants to go on a ski weekend or, you know, go to this thing. And then once you actually go to collect money or try to get everything done, it never happens. So I'm I'm stoked that we were we were able to make it happen, you know? Well, yeah, I, I love my best friends and all, but spending 31 days with them, like, torn all over the North America is just a whole different level of commitment. So 
I'm sure it's early on in the trip, but I'm sure, you know, being in such close quarters and just like trying to get certain places will definitely add a little stress to this, which is awesome though. Yeah. The touring background helps a lot because you understand being around the same people all the time. And like if somebody's, you know, hungry or like that was my thing touring. Like if I was hungry and I'd be hangry, I had an alter ego when I was with secrets, they called me Brad. And that was me when I was hungry. And instead of, you know, getting mad at me when I would say something, they'd be like, yo, do you need to eat? And then, so you just kind of like learn quickly, you know, when you're spending that much time with people to kind of just not, you're not taking stuff as personal or whatever. And you're just like, okay, cool. We have a common goal. How do we achieve that? And so I think we both have toured so much that there's not really a, uh, like a, a hurt feelings or anything. We're just like, all right, let's figure out how to get this thing done and then enjoy the fun parts. Like last night was a fucking blast. Oh my God. And that makes it, uh, you know, that makes the like early mornings and the late nights and the stress worth it, you know? Yeah. A thousand. The world, the world's a big place. You can, it's, it's really easy to separate if you need to. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And it's awesome that you do have somebody like close to you that can document because like the, the the social media aspect and the video and the filming aspect and the documenting aspect of the project is kind of what I feel sets it apart from some of the things that people have done in, in the past. Like, obviously, you guys, like, know what you're doing when it comes to, to promotion and stuff like that. Um, and so it's good to have somebody to film that stuff because – Sometimes you're like trying to live in the moment and, and you're having a time and you realize like, oh, like if I'm promoting something, I need somebody standing behind me. I, I can't be the one filming, you know? So it's good to have two people there to, to do that. Um, so yeah, yeah man, 100%. do you guys have any aspirations of taking all that stuff that you have now and like, um, you know, putting it somewhere, like, like uh, making, a, making a, a big like film out of it or something like that, a documentary? Uh, yeah, the, the end goal, I mean, the goal is to complete the project. That's like the main goal, um, you know, and then document it the whole way. But the, the plan of having me come out was to create a documentary at the end of it. And, you know, I, I did some storyboarding before we left and everything, but it's kind of like, it's not like a normal project. You know, you can't make a shot list, go get the shot and then, you know, redo the shot or whatever. It's just kind of like being ready at any point when something happens. Um, and then the story, the story is kind of taking precedent over, you know, cinematography or whatever, you know, uh, I had to change kind of the way that I look at it and just focus on, okay, let's, let's tell the story. And then at the end, you know, put a documentary together and I brought a big camera, but I've been shooting most of it on my iPhone. And so I think by the end we're, we're going to have, you know, a full, a full length project that'll be potentially shot just on an iPhone. Yeah. it's awesome. Dude, this is an ad for iPhones, huh? You got, you got that new 11? Yeah, they haven't given me anything yet, so no free ads. If they want to if they wanna give me something, because I had to buy this thing, and it's not cheap. No. Yeah. Go Android. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want some pixelated-ass videos, then yeah, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> well, until they, until they start throwing us some phones, we're just going to support Android. Mm -hmm. Yo, go track phone. Right. Yeah, go track phone. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, Sizers. Yeah. <laughs> So you guys said um, that obviously it's hard um, for people to be able to take a month off from their job to do something like this. Um, and obviously you two you guys have been able to do that, but you do need to fund it. And so we saw that um, you guys have some pretty awesome people behind it with Violent Gentlemen and also um, 
Rise Records, uh, right? Rise, yeah, Rise, yeah. Uh, and mm -hmm. so, how did uh, how did that guy, how did that you know kind of unfold? Where did that relationship come from? And like, how are they helping you guys out? So I've been friends with the Violent Gentleman guys for I don't know four or five years now, um, and we've just gr like grown a, a pretty good relationship. And when the idea came about, I was talking to to them about it and uh they were super open to the idea of like creating a t-shirt and a sweatshirt for us um and allowing us to to basically post it on their site and retain the money from it um so they they kind of helped with with that whole aspect and then uh we went out to their warehouse for two days tim and i and um shot a promo video just to like explain kind of what we're doing with the trip and then um we sent it out just to a bunch of people like, hey, this is what we're doing. If you want to get involved, we're going to be driving um, 14 of these games. And if you're willing to put like a advertisement piece on the van that we're driving, um, there's like some different buy options and stuff like that um, to print. So we got Rise Records and Metal Blade Records. Um, they both um, threw us some money and we, we put a a four foot by three foot piece of advertisement for each of them on the van um, that we'll be driving starting Sunday in Carolina. Um, and then, yeah, Violent Gentleman has the two t-shirts that anybody can purchase from their website and all the money will go towards gas and flights and hotels. That's awesome. So you guys are kind of pampered right now. The first leg of your trip has been a few flights. I yeah, don't know. So pampered's the right word. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Metal Blade also got involved. I don't know if I, because I heard you say Rise and, and Violent Gentlemen, but Metal Blade also uh, kicked in. So I just want to make sure we mention them as well. Yeah. So yeah. The, we, we were in St. Louis for uh, a total of four days. My parents lived there. I grew up there. Um, so we were there for four days for All Star Weekend. So we kind of like had three and a half, four days of like getting in the groove and figuring out you know what we're going to shoot and all that kind of stuff which was definitely nice and then uh yeah we flew to vancouver um sunday night um got in like at 1 a.m and then yeah we flew flew vancouver to edmonton or vancouver to calgary calgary to edmonton edmonton to winnipeg and then we fly to montreal toronto and then carolina and then we start driving um and it starts with a bunch of 10-hour drives so should be uh We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I just, uh, I actually just surprised heavily our friend over there, Mikey, because he lives down in uh, Carolina and I live on Long Island currently. And so uh, I drove down to Carolina for the Islander Canes game. Uh, nice. Yeah. And that was like a two day turnaround. That's like a, about an eight hour drive. So yeah, you I'm, saw lost too. How's that? Ah. Uh, what is your problem, man? <laughs> I was waiting I for it. So, <laughs> I've been like super fucking professional this entire fucking time. And now we're gonna talk about it. I was the asshole that went on the fucking that went on that went on the I know. Instagram. No, I, and I know. You yeah, got you did your funny well, you were probably like the third or first person to say something, whether it was on VG or our page. Right. And I was just like. Do people really not understand that we're just trying to see 31 home games in 31 days? Like, no. are people really going to pick I apart? Understand. 
completely. Yeah, yeah. No, I would never. And I would just like, no. And like, but I people said, always find like the negative thing to say. You know, people are gonna be like, oh, well, you know, what, whatever they're gonna say, they're gonna find something. You know, and, and it was just like you're like the third or fourth person, and I was like, are do they just not understand, or are they just trying to be like, oh, you should have saw thirty two and thirty two and went to two Islanders games, like. No, yeah, I, I think it, I'm, it's a it's a culture thing where if you guys did 31 and 31 and you hit the Coliseum instead of the Barclays Center, like, you probably would have heard nothing, maybe one or two people, right? But because you chose the Barclays Center over the Coliseum, which logistically makes more sense for you guys to do because it's only one you only need one hotel room that night instead of getting two. I, I, you know, I mean, that's what I'm guessing. But like, people just hate the fucking Barclays Center, and like, I don't know. It's it it it's kind of like misunderstood. It's a misunderstood situation outside of like the the fan base, and so I think people are just kind of like, oh man, like go to the Coliseum. It's about to close. Why are you guys going to Barclays? <laughs> well, I mean. 100% of that is literally just the way the schedule worked out. Like, Absolutely, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I think off the top of my head, um, trying to th- actually, I'm trying to think when we're, because they, let's see. Um, hold on, I'm trying, oh, they don't, they have like only one or two games in February at the Coliseum. And they're like the very end of the month, so right. like it just didn't, yeah, it didn't make any sense. No, yeah, obviously. So I think the only game are they play like the twenty third and the 29th of February, like the only two days. So only one of those is fits even in the thirty one and thirty one. Right. Yeah, I've so, been to the Coliseum, but just but, never for never for a hockey game. Yeah, that too, which is pretty funny because I, it's yes, that's very funny. Everybody we've talked to basically says that because Warp, that's where Warp Tour was. Yeah. 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 Well, the other thing is, Bar- someone Barclays may have is- been on the ice too during that. I mean, I, some things got broken, and a lot of people were angry. Yeah, uh, back in the day, it was uh, it was a big thing. But that was yeah, that all happened at the Coliseum. Yeah, it's a place of clown show. Yeah. But also, Barclay Center is one of three arenas that I haven't been to, so it was kind of nice to check that off. Yeah, I mean, um, like. As long as you're not sitting in your seat watching the game, you're going to have, like, a pretty decent time. Do you guys buy – like, how do you buy tickets? Do you buy tickets, like, walking into the game, or do you did you pre-buy them already? So we've just been hitting up the teams a couple days out um, and trying to schedule, like, either, like, an interview or, like, arena tours and stuff, stuff like that. And um, they've, for the most part, been pretty open to just give us tickets – um, we know a few people around the league, some equipment managers and stuff like that that have helped out. Um, yeah, Violet yeah, Gentleman helped, uh, helped some too, which has been great. Have you guys been hooked up with the Islanders yet? We haven't. You got one? We do. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you guys after. That'd be awesome, man. We'd greatly maybe, appreciate uh, that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll post a good review. <laughs> are you guys, guys going to be in town when we are there for that game? I have, are you going to go to the game? I am certainly going to be there. Um, and I was going to talk to you guys after to see. Okay. Say hi. We should make some sort of bet uh, for you and uh, Maddie. Oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's the bet? I, I, All right. I never, I never turned down a bet, so. Yeah, he can't, he can't say no. 
<laughs> oh, shit. I don't know. We gotta find nah. something that makes the loser. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out afterwards. Somebody wear somebody's jersey or somebody's got to talk, say something about it. You know, the equivalent to me saying I love Brad Marshawn or something like that. Oh, oh. And I have a. All right, we'll talk about it. This is. This is <laughs> I can't back down too because I got the shots fired via social media, and so we have. <laughs> Keep Wait, who, plays that, who plays that game, I wonder? Uh, let's look. Oh, no. My, Vancouver. No, Vancouver is Saturday. It's my, uh, it's my second team. The Kings. Oh, the Kings. Um, no, this is big. This could be a problem. This <laughs> for all the more. Listen, throw away. Throw, throw out the. Uh, throw out the the standings when these two get together because this is going to be this is going to be a bloodbath we have yet to be the western you should your last seven games yeah we have yet to beat a western team too so it would be nice if we could figure that out by then so that way six times this year huh it doesn't hurt ah stop (laughs) (laughs) you're really chirping here (laughs) We normally we normally copacetic with the with the people, but I can like let's chirp it up. I'm I'm in. I'm into this. Hey, the Islanders are third in the Metro. They're they're in front of us in the wild card. The Jackets. So yeah, but they're, they're like not sixth in the league. So third is kind of a, a third in the Metro. Yeah, yeah, the Metro. No, saying but they're sixth in the league. So the the third in the Metro is kind of like a a bad. Hey, that's still out there. That's still a playoff spot. <laughs> Columbus is like outplaying their their predicted means as well too. So that's of course, something yeah. I mean, we lost six unrestricted free agents last year. What a wild move! I, I mean, honestly, they they went all in and it it worked at first, and then we we were physical in that series and we won, and then we I don't know what happened. We just stopped being physical, and then we lost to Boston. But I mean, that first the first four games that sweep was. It paid off quick. That the 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 all in. I mean, they they made the right move. If we were gonna if we were gonna make a move, that was the time. We knew we knew Panarin was gone. We knew Bob was gone. We knew uh, we knew that was our window. And so, I mean, I'm I'm happy with the fact that they're doing better than we expected this year. But last year, I'm I'm everybody's complaining about everybody leaving. I was like, we knew going into it that's that was going to be the case. And if we needed to make a run, you know, 20 years in and we've never won a playoff series, let's let's fucking go. Let's get we got to start winning something. So it was nice yeah. to to win in that fashion, but then it was right back to earth real fast. Devastating. So Matt, mm-hmm. I have yeah. a question for you. You mentioned yeah. they're your second team. How does that work? So, I mean, I I was an Abs fan my whole life growing up, and I just I don't know. I started watching like when I was, and probably around. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, probably like t- around the 2000s, um, I started like paying attention to like a lot of like minor league hockey and stuff. And then when the the uh, lockout went in 2006, uh, 2005, um, I really started watching like the OHL and WHL and stuff like that. And I like became a huge Drew Doughty fan. Um, and so when he got picked by the Kings. I kind of just started following him, and then they they started building a team with Quickie and Popey, and it was just 
it was fun to watch. And so I became a pretty big Kings fan um, just based on the fact that I was like, Drew Doughty was my favorite player. So I kind of just um, started watching them a lot. And yeah, just became a, a second, second team to follow. Okay, that makes sense. Because like, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've moved all over the place too, and I'm in North Carolina, but I could never, ever root for the Hurricanes. Like, you know, just because I'm here and it's convenient, but I just couldn't do it. I don't know. I, I think I love the game of hockey more than any one team. So, I mean, even now that I'm in Nashville now, I just think it's there. Like, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say I root for the Preds, but I go to the games and I'm stoked when they win. Oh, absolutely. You know? like, yeah. So, I'm, I'm in the same boat where, you know, hockey is the greatest sport in the world. And I will never say no to go and watch it hockey. Like, I go to Charlotte Checker games all the time. And, you know, they're, it's just awesome. But I, 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 I guess that's the, my whole thing with like the Islanders meetups that I do. Like, I just couldn't root for another team. I mean, if there's like like tonight, there's like uh, how many games are on tonight? Three or four games tonight. It's like I could pick a team in every game to root for that I want to win. So, I or three games tonight. So, I mean, like if I was in Buffalo, I'd be rooting for the Sabres to win. You know, if I was in if I was in New Jersey, I'd be rooting for the Preds. And obviously, the Kings are playing the Coyotes. So I'd root for the Kings, but like I can always turn a game on and root for any team like it's my own team. Well, I guess that mm-hmm. helps for this project because that definitely makes yeah. it a little more well, exciting when you're going to watch games that are maybe not as relevant as, you know, watching a Kings game or an Avs game or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think if, as, as long as you're a big hockey fan, all the games are relevant as far as standings and everything like that. So I think... On this trip, especially, it'll be it's just gonna be fun to root for the home team. I mean, ninety nine percent of the time, um, just to be involved in the atmosphere in the building. You know, you don't want to be the guy sitting in your chair when the home team scores if your team's not playing. You might as well enjoy it. And and that'll be like me in Boston, fan. though, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I it sounds fucking a hate big, Boston. It sounds a bit convenient. It sounds like a convenient. Car up for being a bandwagon fan that's all i'm saying not really because that, that was I mean, a joke <laughs> I mean, that was a joke a great joke <laughs> yes give it back to you guys are gonna so hard when we go to when we go to that game i'm, I'm excited i mean I, I definitely won a bunch of money on the blues last year but i never root for the blues but i was rooting for them last year right Right. But it's not, I mean, it's awesome. I, I put I put $100 on them when they when they were 80 to 1, like in January 18th or something. So I was pulling for them for that reason. But before that, I was rooting for, yeah. for I was rooting for Colorado. You know, I, was, I had a couple other teams. I, I was hoping Carolina would would go all the way. So I like a good story. Yeah, absolutely. And also, too, like of of hockey. Hockey out of all the major sports is has the I don't has the most culture. Like it has the most substance. There's there to enjoy, and it's so different in every arena too. So I mean, you can see like what there is to love, and like I I can hear it. Like, like you can hear it when you talk about like how much there is to love about it, and how different it is around the country. So I mean, it it's it's awesome that there's somebody out there willing to document how culturally awesome the sport is which would be yep, you. for sure it's got a ton of history it's i mean the league has the i mean the most parody of 
any other league I, I can imagine out there. I mean, it's except for the bottom four or five league or four or five bottom four or five teams, like everybody has a shot, you know? I mean, any given night somebody can can win. Yeah. It feels like it's the least commercialized, you know what I mean? Like it's the least untouched by capitalism almost. I, I hate to say I hate to sound like ridiculous, I guess. That might sound stupid, but like there's just so much there's like net like the Nashville fans and like the, the you know like the how they how that, that fan base has like risen to like such great heights people it's become a place to like visit like almost a mecca of hockey in the middle of Tennessee like that's such a weird thing that you know it's an awesome experience yeah, yeah, yeah I think part- go ahead Tim uh, yeah being being from the Midwest you know we um, I grew up in Ohio and hockey was not not a thing. When I was younger, you know, nobody played it. It was like a rich school, uh, kind of like it was like lacrosse back in the day too. You know, it's just like very select people played it. It was a very high barrier of entry, and nobody followed it. And then once we got a team, it was cool to watch the city kind of like me included learn about the game, fall in love with it. And now, you know, we have some of the like the gnarliest fans. Um, even when we're you know not winning, we're still they're supporting you know i live right across the street from the arena and there's just every game day you can't get anywhere everything's packed everybody's wearing a jersey and people care so it's nice to see kind of it infiltrate uh a not tradition i mean we're very traditionally a football state and city and you know it's either you you play football or or you're like excommunicated and so to see kind of hockey take a hold of it it's been really really fun to be involved and you know be bitten by it and then now fall in love with it yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I grew up in St. Louis. I think hockey is like so underrated in St. Louis. It, it's such a huge sport. I mean, I remember like my high, the high school tournaments that we played in for playoffs. It's like a sixty-four team bracket or something crazy, and it was massive. And there's probably sixteen or twenty rinks within twenty mile radius of St. Louis. And I mean, just I mean, Pat Maroon played uh, against me in, in high school in ice hockey, and we played some roller hockey together. But, I mean, just the skill that's coming out of St. Louis in the last couple of years. I mean, you got both Kachuk brothers, you know, Clayton Keller, Logan Brown, um, Luke Coonan, Trent Frederick. And there's just the names are going on and on from the guys that have been drafted in the last four years from St. Louis. And it's, it's cool to see it finally get some uh, recognition because I feel like it, it's been a long time coming. And Nashville, I've even noticed, too, like we just got two, two more rinks in Nashville and youth hockey's picking up slowly but i think that comes with the success of the pro team so you see a lot of teams that struggle and you're like oh i don't see many guys come like austin matthews is from arizona it's like oh nobody comes out of arizona well the coyotes haven't been great so now that the coyotes are good and matthews is in the league i expect youth hockey in arizona to pick up and in 10 to 12 years we'll see more and more guys getting drafted from from arizona you know i, I think that's just the way it works I think the difference with St. Louis, though, is that all the former players stayed in St. Louis, like, after they retired, and they, you know, raised their families there, and they, they definitely helped develop the program, where I don't know if that's the same for, say, Arizona, maybe with the, the you know, no state taxes and whatnot, so maybe that's true. Yeah, I'm not really sure, but that's definitely been, that was definitely, like, one of the big stories around the Blues going deep and and all those kids getting drafted. Um, it does have a, a really good 
um, alumni organization in St. Louis, and they've done a good job with with youth hockey there. Yeah. So, is there a place that you guys are like looking forward to go to uh, that you haven't been to yet? Tomorrow is like number one on my list as far as like arenas that I haven't been to. Um, I've been trying to get up here to, to a game at MTS for for a few years now, so I'm I'm super super excited uh, for tomorrow's game. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. I'm trying to put something together with like homies back home uh, and, you know, have something for the doc. But obviously I've been there before. I don't know if there's somewhere that I'm excited to go that I haven't been. Uh, I'm obviously hot and ready. Um, and my buddy, <laughs> you guys just had Gabe on. Oh, yeah. Who's like one of my one of my homies. I love that dude. And he's a pretty big Red Wings fan. Uh, they're not not so great at hockey this year, but uh, their new arena I have not been to. And I love me some pizza. So I'm excited to go up there. You know, I'm hoping he's around and, and can come up and meet us up there. And, uh, you know, hopefully Mantha's uh, healthy so we can watch him and his, his stick. And uh, that, that, that would be fun just to, you know, hang out with friends. But I don't really have, like, an arena that I haven't been to that I'm super stoked. It's more for, like, the, the matchups or the people, you know. That's yeah. what I'm most excited about. Now, is there yeah. an arena that you're not so stoked to go to? Boston. <laughs> i mean the garden the garden's great there's a lot of history there it's uh it's a cool building but um i don't yeah it's nothing I, against the building nothing against the walls it's all the the people that fill it oh. <laughs> i'm just you know i just you know that that team has has tormented us since we've been in the league so you, you have to hate them i hope you know. joe acute is every, not listening every every team has tormented the blue jackets since you've been in the that's league. not true that's not true at all <laughs> Tampa Bay didn't have a didn't have a chance. <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, during that game, the arena. There were so many of my friends trying to sneak uh, <laughs> brooms into it. In the arena, tweeted out like they they had to be like, please, we are not allowing any brooms in. Stop trying to sneak them in. And uh, it was just like it was mayhem, man. I I actually was in um, D.C. for work while game four was going on and Maddie and, and, uh, and Gabe both actually got to go to that game. And I'm still to this day so bummed that I was unable to be there, but man, it was just that atmosphere was, they, I don't think they sat down the entire time. Yeah. 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 The first round for us was sick as well. The second round again for us was terrible as well. And Carolina, Mm -hmm. uh, of course allowed as many brooms as they wanted into that place. They had no problem with it. That was yeah, not good for the game. Yeah, great for the game. Are you are you telling me that there wasn't any brooms allowed in the first round for Islanders fans? I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't see many. Well, we uh, were oh, in Pittsburgh. Well, we were we were in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> oh, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, it probably would have been. Um, they probably would have been allowed. Um, yeah, I'm, I remember we were at a bar before the game, and Gabe like took a broom out of like the bat the bathroom or something, and we like broke it in half and tried to like shove it down his pants so that we could sneak it in but <laughs> it didn't work they didn't just think he was packing uh, next heat. time <laughs> yeah exactly uh, i had like metal on the on the broom the actual broom part so we were afraid it was going to go off in the metal detector <laughs> i was gonna uh, make a uh, never mind yeah no, you're an <laughs> asshole i have a question for for you too because i you respected hockey fans if this is just this is just an etiquette question, if you swept the team 
in the playoffs of last year, and then you proceeded to get swept in the next round, would you be allowed to chant sweep at the team that you swept the next year in a regular season game? Do you find that? 100%. 100% you can do that. You can do that. Yeah, I mean, if so, you're. I mean, if that's like saying, if um, I'm just trying to think, like, say, like, Buck fought Kyle Clifford, Buck won the fight, and then the next fight he gets his ass kicked, and then you guys play the Kings again, and everybody's like chanting Clifford's name because he lost the fight. Of course, they're gonna chirp him. And you know, it's like it's not it's it's a team thing. It's not like a a standings or a league thing. It's just a personal vendetta against that team. I I'm I think I think sport is the what what have you done recently? You know what I mean? Like if if uh, if I win this time, then I won. I don't want to hear about oh yeah, a few years ago, you know this happened or whatever. It'd be like the most recent. So I, whoever won recent most recent has the upper hand in that. I get it. I actually, you, you would assume I agree with you guys. <laughs> so you're saying when you were in Carolina, they were chanting sweep? At us, correct, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they should. For the first game. After that, then it's over. And they did. Yes. They didn't do it the second game. They did not okay. do it. They did not. There you go. Maybe, maybe I was, maybe I was they won two to one because they, they got in your guys' heads. It's not true. They won two to one because we're in <laughs> – Quite a slide. There is no. No, that was, like, was that the beginning of the slide or was that recent? It was recent. That it was. was it was towards the end of the slide. Oh, okay. Yeah, got a point out of it. That's all that matters. So, are you looking forward to going to PNC Arena? Is what? Are you looking forward to going to PNC Arena? Yeah, I love the atmosphere in there. I mean, everybody tailgates outside before the games. That is true. Um, I think I think the Canes are a fun team to watch. I mean, I'm hoping they win so we get a little sip to serve at the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, they got some great young players in Aho and Teravinen, and um, it, they're a fun team to watch, in my opinion. I'm sorry, I have a picture on the deal. Yeah, is that on Tuesday that we're seeing them or Sunday? Sunday. Okay, so they're playing uh, Vancouver, so we're gonna see Vancouver again. Yeah, it's day game. Okay. We had it. We had the weirdest thing I've never had happen before. We were in the we were in Vancouver and Maddie and I were sitting in our seats and the guys behind us were just like so worried about us leaning forward and they they physically like pulled on us and they were like, Can you guys lean back? We can't see the net. And I, I was just like we we were both just like so dumbfounded as well was happening. And then last night we saw on the uh, on the Jumbotron it was like, please respect the people behind you, don't lean forward. And so I've never in all my years of you know going to games in the States, I've never seen that before. And so I guess might just be a Canadian thing, but I yeah, feel like if you lean forward, strange. you're covering less. I mean, I'm 6'4", so if I lean back, I'm going to – my head's going to cover more than if I lean forward, Whoa. you know? But the uh, – yeah, the guys behind us were super sad in Vancouver. Somebody breaking in your house? Yeah, what's going Hello? on, Devin? <laughs> well, I'll take over. So um, <laughs> I, I noticed that you guys um, – are are doing the last leg in in the van, and it looks like you have a experience converting vans, Matt. Do you want to yeah. talk more about that? Because that's definitely going to make sure. the the second half of your journey a little more uh, comfortable. 
Yeah. Um, it's actually the, the third Hello. one I've done. Um, I just been super into van life and I like originally I had bought a, like an old, uh, 1982 Volkswagen Westfalia and had that like outfitted with solar and stuff. Um, and then somebody hit and totaled it when it was parked in front of my house. And so I couldn't find another one that was in decent enough shape. So I ended up buying a Ram ProMaster and I built that one out and had it, um, all two, like I had, let's see, when did I have that? I had it all of last year for the most part. And then I sold it in like June, July. And then I bought a new one and outfitted it out. And then uh, I just spent two months in Colorado snowboarding in it. And uh, so we'll be driving that for 14 of the dates. And um, yeah, we'll just be posting up at, at the rink, tailgating, hanging out with some fans, selling some shirts. So it'll be fun. Now, just don't sell any in a PNC parking lot because uh, they will call the cops on you. <laughs> Perfect. Bring it. <laughs> no, that's awesome. They they actually, like, I have a friend who converted an old school bus and did, like, the whole cross-country trip. And I just love, like, the whole tiny house movement and, like, the minimalist movement, too. So I, I when I saw your, your van conversions, they looked awesome. I was like, man. I'm not sure if that was like because of your experience on the road, like touring with bands or, or what? Yeah, no, I just did it so I can just travel when I'm, when I'm not on the road touring. So it's, uh, it's just been, it's been good to just escape for a couple of days, like into the Smoky mountains or take out to Colorado when I have time and, and not have to pay for hotel or pay rent or anything like that. Um, so it's been fun. No, yeah, they look awesome. And then um, I also I also uh, saw that you went to the Winter Classic. Did you go to yeah, too? No, I was I wasn't there. Yeah, I've been going uh, to as many outdoor games as I can the last few years, um, and it's been a blast. So it's kind of like my new new old tradition. Try to go every year. Um, the atmosphere is great. It's fun. Um, everybody's down there from into the into the game of hockey and it's fun to be outside and it's 10 times louder because you have way more people you know um and it's not like you know some games you go to i mean obviously this year everybody complained like the matchup wasn't ideal or whatever but i mean the crowd's loud the entire game because it's in a spe- special event you know so it doesn't matter really who's playing or what the score is or anything like that everybody's there boozing and and they're riled up and ready to go so it's uh it's definitely a good time yeah, and did I see that you battled Ryan Whitney in Rock Paper Scissors? Yeah, so I went <laughs> to this, the Chicklets podcast uh, live podcast in Dallas, and uh, they brought me on stage because I had talked to them prior to the event about my trip and stuff. Um, and so they brought me on stage, and they're like, "Hey, Wit's like you know running his mouth about how good he is at Rock Paper Scissors," and he's like, "If you beat me, I'll give you these tickets to the Winter Classic." And they're like. They're like dead center ice, like 15 rows, 20 rows off, off the ice. They're great seats. And uh, Witt's like, he's just trying to be like a smart ass. And he's like, I'm throwing rock. So he like throws rock. And I threw rock because I didn't believe him. And so we tied. And then we went again. And he's like, I'm throwing rock again. And I was like, whatever. So I threw paper. And I beat him. And he's like, two out of three. He's like, I'm throwing rock again. Definitely not throwing rock again. I was like, you want me to throw paper? So you're going to throw scissors. So I threw rock. He threw he threw scissors thinking I was going to throw paper. 
and we're all mic'd up at this point. So there's like 800 people in the crowd, and the place just goes nuts because he got caught lying, basically. And uh, he just sat on the couch and buried his head between his knees. And then, uh, yeah, it was great. And then and then he tried to chirp me on 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 the on the uh, podcast, which was funny. But then this past weekend in St. Louis, um, they were all there again, and we saw them um, at Wheelhouse. And I was like, "Hey, I'll give you uh, a chance at rebuttal, but you gotta chirp, you gotta you gotta plug us on the pod." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever." Well, I beat him again, and and he got all defensive. He's like, "I have a fucking drink. What do you have? A thirty-one, you know?" And he's all, "I think he was a little butthurt, but he hasn't. Uh, they haven't plugged us yet, so I think he's." Uh, Trying to avoid admitting that he lost again. Wow, sore loser, <laughs> Whitney, huh? Oh yeah, that's that's great. So oh, Jack Eichel just Jack Eichel just scored his thirtieth. Oh shit! One one nothing Buffalo. There we go. We got some. This episode probably won't drop till Monday, but we can just have the the live breakdown from Thursday night's hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Big you heard here first, Jackie boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. That's great. Well, right in the middle of the podcast, he's talking about the rock paper scissors stuff. It was yeah. fun though. They were, um, they were super. They remembered him and they were super stoked to, uh, to throw down again. It was, it was really fun. It's like a rap battle. You know, what everybody's like kind of in a circle. I filmed it with my iPhone and everybody was kind of, uh, you know, just watching and it was really fun. Um. That bar was ridiculous that we went to. That they had their thing in. It, it was so packed, and their, their podcast has really taken off. It's it's impressive. Yeah, it almost feels like it. Um, it's got like an impact on on. It almost feels like it had an impact in the game yesterday, like when um Cassian and Kuch- uh and Kachuk finally fought. Um, that was so much fun, man. The atmosphere of that game last night was. I mean, it was playoff hockey for sure, but the just like the anticipation and everybody knowing is going to happen and kind of just waiting and then watching them kind of get into it a little bit. And then there was a fight right before them that I think was even better than their fight. And, uh, you know, kind of like the warm up, um, you know, just as a fan of, of the physicalness of hockey, I, I was, I was in heaven last night. That was, it was so much fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like real, real emotion, like actual personal problems and like, you know, just airing them out in the, in the, on the ice is fucking awesome to see. And uh, yeah, it felt like, like with, it's like almost wit called out Kachuk, like, yo, it's fine to be a pest, but answer the bell if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna go after people once in a while. Like you can't go after someone like that and not answer the bell. No, I don't I don't think that Wit had anything to do with that. I think Cassian calling him a pussy in the post game made Kachuk wanna wanna fight him for sure. I mean, because Kachuk had <laughs> tried to fight him the, the first shift and Cassian said, No, I want you to I want you to think about it for a minute. Oh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that he's, like, he's the he's the catalyst to it all, but like cult, yeah. culture, like it made me like remember it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, media media had a heyday with it. That's for sure. Yeah, we were, we were down there. We were down there before like, the game, and and uh, the tunnel that was just packed full of media. Uh, yeah, it sucks too, cause like you you I you see a couple like you see posts about it, and then I went back and tried to look at it on the. Uh, on like the game recaps in the NHL and like they don't they don't show fights anymore in the game recaps so like oh, the game summaries yeah. or whatever like, just hop on Instagram yeah, have... it was every post oh yeah that, no. happened. <laughs> that was the next thing I did yeah but 
like for some reason I was just like, oh, it'll probably be in the in the summary. That's a good game, you know, around the fights too. So, but yeah, yeah it's they, a they don't they don't consecutive uh, shootout. The Calgary game the night before went into a shootout as well with St. Louis. So we had back to back games that uh, went all the way to a shootout. Yeah, it feels like I don't. I mean, I could be mathematically so incorrect, but it feels like there's been so many games that like they're just like everyone's just happy to go to overtime and you know because of that they get the point yeah exactly and that kind of i don't know I, I don't know if it sucks or not i can't figure it out i don't know just, i like it when we win i hate it when we lose yeah i think it's like 25 or 33 percent of games go to overtime at least um which i think is kind of high but i i think once it gets down to the last two or three minutes i agree teams are just uh they're playing to get the point, and then once overtime kicks in, they're playing for two. Yeah, I would love to see. Uh, Especially, when- I would love to see it go three, two, one as far as points go for win, mm-hmm. overtime win, overtime loss, just to see everybody play to the last to the to the final buzzer. Makes more sense. Definitely makes more sense. Or now, even, uh- I mean, there there was talk that the overtime they were going to do a second five on five overtime. But if you play in the first five minutes, you can't play in the second five minutes because they're like worried about, you know, players tiring down, playing an extra 10 minutes a night, whatever. So there was like a little thing I saw on TSN that was like, well, maybe they should do five minutes for the top two lines and then five minutes for the bottom two lines or however you want to break it down, basically. And I thought that would be pretty interesting. Anything that we could do other than the shootout, because I agree, I, I just can't stand watching games and that way the ice is all chewed up at that point you got marshawn skating over the puck you got loved loved that though (laughs) but then that happened to to us in the shootout against carolina two of our players just skated right over the puck because the ice conditions at that point are pretty shitty yeah i mean mcdavid even said in his post game last night he goes yeah it was was a great game and, and they won in the skills competition basically joking at the shootout, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. It it blows too. Cause if you think about like what you're like, if you're taking like the weighted out, you're, you're valuing like a game where you win like 15 to two, you're getting the same, you're getting the same amount of value. If you, you know, if you scored a tie in the, in the late seconds and then you win in a shootout, which is essentially not hockey. Like it kind of sucks that like it's, it's worth the same amount, you know? I agree. It was yeah. fun for a while. I mean, but I think I think definitely fans are getting they're kind of over it. Um, I think the super super casual fan loves it, but I think I think the diehard hockey fans and people that are tuned in every single night are are kind of over teams losing ba- based on something like like you're saying the the puck jumping or you know hitting a post in a shootout. I, I think everybody would rather lose the game in overtime than in a shootout. Oh yeah. Yeah, coming from the soccer world, it's the same thing, you know, English football or U.S. soccer, um, watching these massive games come down to just like penalty kicks, you know, it's, it's a, they, they have the same exact feeling. I know most people are, you know, you could play solid game and then it just comes down to which side you pick, you know, and it's such a big net. So, yeah, I, it's definitely the same, uh, same feeling over there. Now, boys, I know football's was- trying to do that, too, with like changing up. The overtime rules, because it used to be, you know, basically if you got the the ball first, it, it guaranteed a win. I, I think overtime in every sport could use some uh, 
some changing for sure. But anyway, sorry, what were we saying? No, so I just want to make our interview different than probably all the other ones that you're going to be doing on this crazy journey. And our whole thing is tie-in music and the alternative music that is so important to us. So can you give us your background and maybe how this is helping along, you know, your 31 and 30 adventure, like your, your touring past and, and all that? You know what? Tim, go first. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I played in a band for a long time. So, uh, you know, from the early days of, you know, weekend runs to, you know, becoming a quote unquote real band and getting signed, um, you know, we learned a lot. There was a lot of mistakes made through that, that, uh, you know, like I spoke a little bit earlier, you, get, you know, patience and understanding and kind of compassion and stuff like that, which, which helps, you know, you in a, you know, you, cause you have to deal with, you know, lost Uber drivers or, you know, uh, delays or, you know, there's just like there's stuff outside of just the travel that doesn't really get mentioned or thought about. And so I think not letting that stuff ruin your day is a big help. Um, but yeah, the, uh, just the ability to live out of a suitcase, um, and travel is, it, it's a skill that, you know, a requirement for this, that we both build up over the years of, of, uh, you know, nine years of warp tour and countless other club tours and, you know, moving our way up from playing VFW halls to, you know, I don't know, house of blues and, you know, nicer venues and stuff like that. So that appreciation from back in the beginning, uh, if you, if you can remember that, it'll help keep you level headed as you travel for something like this is perfect training. Yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely think that without, um, both of us touring full time for a long time, um, I don't know that one, I would even be able to know how to put a trip like this together as far as like routing and flights and hotels and everything like that. Because I mean, just the casual person who doesn't spend time on the road, that could probably be just overwhelming in itself. Um, but yeah, then just like what Tim said, like early mornings and going to the airports and driving a lot and all that, it's just kind of like second nature to us at this point. Um, we just kind of do it without even really thinking about it. Like we have a 10 hour drive from Carolina to Detroit um, on Sunday after the game. And it's just one of those things you get in the car, you drive, you stop, you get food, you drive and we have, we got a game to be at. And then you just put on music and you do your thing and, and go. I, uh, I mean, I, the first band I started working with was Story of the Year. Um, and I did um, like six years of Warp Tour. I've worked, I've, uh, when I worked for Miss May I one, one summer, we didn't have air conditioning on our bus on Warp Tour. And that was probably one of my worst experiences ever on the road. <laughs> um, it, was, it was miserable. We, got, we couldn't even sleep in our bunks because it was so hot. We had like, people just sleeping on the floor all the way th- from the front lounge all the way to the back lounge. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, touring help. It helps with the mindset. Helps with budgeting for food. Um, it yeah, it it just makes everything flaw, like you know go seamlessly because there's not really anything that we haven't encountered through work and being on the road that I don't think we'll encounter out here. I mean, delayed flights, flat tires, whatever you name it. You know, we've we've seen it all on the road. So I don't think anything is really going to surprise us. It's just going to be a matter of when it happens, if we can overcome whatever problem it is and, and make, make the game. No, that's awesome. Because like going on tour has always been like one of my bucket list items, but I have no musical ability at all. <laughs> so me going on tour really just doesn't make sense. 
but it's it's still like I feel like this summer if I could somehow like hook up with someone maybe from the show that needs someone to do merch or something because I'm I'm a teacher so I'm off over the summer anyway. It's just like All one right. of those things that I would just like love to do to get that experience because it it does seem like challenging but also so rewarding at the end of the day. Yeah, there's uh I mean, when you kick your shoes off at one in the morning and and sit back in that front lounge and put your feet up. There's there's not not a better feeling out there. <laughs> oh my god, you tell me. This is Mike's subtle way of trying to ask if you guys know anybody that needs some summer help that he could go on tour with. <laughs> hey man, just learn a skill. You know, like honestly, most people on tour uh, make more money than musicians anyway. Uh, you know, unless they're the massive artists. The See, they don't even or... need to pay me because I get paid anyway for my real job. Like. Oh, this is just, this this just the person free that ruins work. jobs for people like Maddie. Then, <laughs> oh, my, yeah, yeah, sorry. Perfect. Perfect. You, you can come out for three. You can come out for three days. I'm in, in the, the Northeast, and you can just drive your car from city to city. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I would be more the guy to do that because uh, I do have. I actually do run my own merchandise business, so I can take the time off to help you guys out. If you do, if you do need help when you guys are in Brooklyn, I will. We around to help you. Yeah, awesome. I don't, thank you. I don't, I don't know my schedule yet, but I'm sure we'll be at Jones Beach. We normally that's like normally where I end up when I'm up that way. Yeah. In February? Are you just gonna hit up Jones no, Beach? No, no, we don't have shows till like April. Oh, gotcha. We're like a- April through like October, November is our schedule. So most of our shows are in the summer. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> uh, yeah, Mikey. No, I think we covered everything. On I the think sheet. we did. We talked hockey. We talked music, and I, I honestly do love this whole story. I will be following every single day, seeing where you guys are at, and uh, you know, I, I think it's just a great way to showcase how awesome hockey fans are and how passionate we are. And you guys are doing the dirty work, so we really just appreciate you and wish you safe travels. And I just hope that this is, you know, even though you've already toward the whole you know united states and whatnot i hope that this is still just an awesome and rewarding experience for you guys yeah it's definitely um way more fun than being on tour because we're not working and we have the whole day to do whatever we want and we get to watch hockey every night so it's like it's not even a burden you know like some of those long drives on touring it's like oh cool we get to sit on the bus for 20 hours to go to like the middle of oklahoma how fun you know but now it's like oh we have a 10-hour drive it kind of sucks but we're going to see a hockey game, you know, so um, it's definitely light at the end of every single tunnel on this trip. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, making sure we hit, hit every arena, whether we have to change the schedule up at some point, if, if we miss a flight or flights get delayed or whatever, we're, we're ready to uh, adapt and, and make sure that uh, we get this completed. Yeah, man, you guys, are gonna be good. I could feel it in my nuggets. There ain't gonna be no problems. Yeah, we got good, good, good energy so far from everybody. So I, I yeah, think it's been we'll awesome. Be all right. Yeah. Well, there should be. All right. So well, thanks for uh, having us, man. Yeah, no problem. We'll uh, we'll we'll link up uh, when you guys are around in town in a in a couple of days, man. Yeah, man. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. All right. We'll do. All right. Have a good night, boys.
chirpy interview. Love the edge of it. Dude, I can't wait to see when Matt and Tim come to Barclays on Thursday night, the beef between you two, the friendly beef between the two of you guys. It it definitely seemed like Maddie isn't worried to give it right back to you. And oh, yeah. I, I think you need that sometimes. Yeah, head, head on a swivel situation for sure. Oh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm going to be following from, from the distance, but it uh, it's going to be heated and it's going to be awesome. And then the, the very next day, you're going to be hopping on a plane to come hang out with me in Tampa. So yeah. That really, is what is going on. A really fun and exciting week we got. Um, I, I'm calling out to all Islander fans to uh, give Maddie and Tim a, a warm welcome, be a little louder than normal to – to show them how passionate our fan base is. You know, even though we're not playing at the Coliseum, Barclays, you guys have been loud there too. Uh, yeah. Uh, the last two games at the Barclays Center have been um, the two most attended games of the year. That isn't to say that um, there aren't, there isn't more room for the opposing, uh, Fan bases there. Um, and the stupid but, referees. You know what? I'm not going to be mad. Everyone hates them. Um, I think if they weren't if they weren't uh, coming to Brooklyn, no one would have a problem with them because they are funny. So it's just, of course, it has to be our, our fan base that, you know, kind of latches on to, but whatever, it happens. Uh, it just feels you know, like very, like, SantaCon. I don't know who really organizes that or... If they went, if they if they traveled and went to other places, but they're all young kids, like, you guys don't understand, like, you, you see some of these people, well, they're not all young kids, I've seen, like, father and son, it's just like a Facebook group, it's, like, pretty funny, it's funny. Okay. If it wasn't the island, it, here's my thing, if it wasn't, if they weren't showing up to Islander games, it would be fucking hilarious to you. So, because they've done the Islanders three years in a row, it's like, you know, it's getting old and annoying. But the fact of the matter is, those are obstructed view seats. They're getting them for like $5 a, a ticket. And those people have, most of those people really have no connection. They're just there to hang out. I mean, it's like, you know, they're in no rush. They they didn't really show up, and most of them didn't show up till midway into the first period because they were all getting beers and having fun and doing their thing. Like, they're just they're doing exactly what everyone else wants to do at every single sporting event they go to without the heartbreak of or the possible heartbreak or, you know, the mood swings that you would get if you were if you had a side. So So are they cheering uh, for the refs or like they tried to like They're cheering for the refs. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, they scream like sportsmanship, sportsmanship, <laughs> drop the puck. Every time there's an icing call, they go crazy. Every time like and like they call a penalty, they go nuts. Doesn't matter for what team. Like they rooting for the ref. That's pretty funny. You know, they it's it's hard to... it's hard to get that because I was watching at my bar yesterday. So even though my bar turns on the volume, it's not like we can really listen to. The no, you're not getting like the full. Yeah, you're not getting yeah. the full thing of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. It, that makes more sense from when you he, see the hate online. Um, but it's just funny because like people are yelling and screaming about these people being there and it's like, 
they're not they don't care no matter what you say like they just don't care they're not like you that's the point of the whole thing is that they're not there with a rooting interest yeah hopefully they start going to some other arenas then would be nice but i think the novelty of the idea is that it like it's cheap that's how you get so many people and because of the obstructed view seats that's why they do brooklyn every year makes sense it is just you know it is annoying because then people take pictures of them and then there's people like wow there's nobody there they're the only ones there not realizing like they don't sell seats on that side of the arena yeah and yeah and so. it's just kind of i don't i don't want to like sound like i'm jealous or anything but you know butchie and brendan were talking about them during the broadcast and it's like you know there's all of these great meetup groups there's the isles fanatics there's the blue and orange army like there's these groups that do this on a daily basis that weren't getting as much recognition as this kind of gimmicky group of people i get it's it it's a one time thing it's called yeah. supply and demand <laughs> no, i get <laughs> it i get it you only have one opportunity to talk about it you know what i mean you can talk about all the great fans that show up um that show up everywhere so i'm listen it's it was funny and um, you just shrug it off. You care more about the game, stealing a point with 20 seconds left, which is beautiful. Oh, I dude, that, that goal it was, yeah. was, you know, I don't know if you watched the replay, but Brock hit that out of midair. That was, I didn't see the replay, pal. I watched it in real time. I know, but, I, you know, in real time, you might not have seen, like, been able to actually see how beautiful oh, that play was. Yeah, no, it once once he wound up, and I looked down and I saw where Brock was standing and where and where uh, they were and the where the goalie was in the crease. I'm like, oh, oh, here we go. Just pop out to the right, please. And uh, it fucking happened. I'm like, yes. So, yo, hear me good. out. That was probably like the way Brock has been playing this year has probably been the best off season move that Lou made this year. Like that contract. Oh, that's why My, everybody's getting all uppity is because he's not putting anybody new on the team. But you, you can't just – like it's typical New York bullshit. You can't just keep recycling through people every six months because they don't they don't show you an immediate result. Like you need core players on the team. Like look at Pittsburgh. Look at um, look at Washington. Like look at Washington. A lot of those guys are still on the team from when they won – a Stanley Cup, like core guys that don't want to go anywhere. You need that. You need Anders Lee to want to stay here. You need Brock Nelson to sign here. Jordan Eberle, who's starting to really fucking turn it on after after a ten day break again, is you you need those guys to want to stay here. You you can't just keep shipping people out because they don't score a goal this week. It just doesn't work that way. You like there's no chemistry. There's no synergy. There's no you know whatever. So. Do they need somebody? Yes. You know, is is Lou doing a bad job? I don't think Lou's doing a bad job. Lou told you it was going to be five years. You know, you want him walking out at your at your twenty year anniversary of a Stanley Cup, you know, win like he just did for the for the Devils, and will continue to do for the Devils for all his cups that he won that team. Then you shut up. You 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 deal with it because you've dealt with it for the last. 20 some odd years of mediocrity and you you deal with them getting slightly better than they ever were and you'll be just fine for a very long time. That's it. That's the end of the story. All right. Well, then let's tie into music real quick. Uh we talked a good deal about the Islanders just now, but um 
Last night was we're pretty not on fire. We just I happen to have gone to a game last <laughs> night, so I just I'm live in the area, and so I frequent, you know, you know. But moving on, yeah, to the music. Yeah, so last night was kind of a special personal moment. Um, I got to go to a show here in Charlotte, um, kind of at a different venue that than I have gone to down here. Um, it was at a brewery, which was awesome actually. Like the sound quality was great. The whole um, venue had just a really cool vibe to it, and um, we got to see the reign of Kindo, which is a little different than the typical music I listen to. It's kind of like a, a jazzy rock band, but um, they're actually f- with uh, formed with members from the band This Day and Age from back in the day, and uh, This Day and Age was actually Caitlin and my first date back in 2006. So that's, that's, I, thought I thought it was as yeah, I mean I, I don't know I'm touched. <laughs> yeah, so it was just really special to see them fourteen years later still playing I music. You said it was as tall as lions. Yeah, it was. So it was as tall as lions in this day and age. Oh. All right. Yeah, so you know, you you're a little younger than me, Devin, so this day and age is definitely a very underrated band that some of our younger listeners might not have heard of. Mm. Um, they're obviously not a band anymore, but definitely worth checking out. And mm. uh, it was just really cool. I got to talk with Joey, who was a, an original member from the band, and told him the whole story. And he was just like, man, you guys are the OG. You've been there since the beginning. Like, appreciate you. And it, it's just, it was a lot of fun last night. You talk to more people during an like at a sh- at a show than I know any other person on the face of the planet. Any other person? It just it just I- always kind of been my thing. You oh know? yeah. I just ever since I started going to shows, uh, you've been a little fanboy your whole life, huh? Well, it's just nice to kind of shoot the shit with them after the show, and you know, say that I appreciate them coming to my city, and you know, I I have done it for years now. So I was talking with him and uh, just a lot of fun, but he's actually a Buffalo Sabres fan and uh, we might, we might be getting him on the pod. So that's always fun. Kind of network while I do it too. Look at you. You're working on your day off. Always man. It, you know, it doesn't feel like work though. Honestly, nothing with this podcast feels like work. I just love everything about it i love these conversations we get to have i get i love when someone hits me up on social media and is like dude i checked out that band that you had on and i loved them there's nothing better than that mike you do it for the kids i do it for the <laughs> money but you do it for the kids and that's and that's commendable yeah dude well yeah. i just wanted to share that story it was a lot of fun last night you uh, should be sharing and i have no musical updates uh, other than I'm debating on whether or not to hit up the Wonder Years in the city on the 22nd in a couple weeks. I think you uh, should. I think I should. I always, Dude, always do. What those reimagined songs that they put out, like the albums that they do, are just so Burst dope. Burst and Decay. Yeah, they're so good. They're beautiful. Hey, you know what else I've been listening to? And I, you know what I started with our friend Jay. Jadles, who actually, funny enough, <laughs> it's very funny because I just, I 
just I brought him up and then I just looked at my phone and he texted me a couple minutes ago. I've started uh, Story So Fridays where I send him a Story So Far song on Friday. I know it's really mind blowing. Uh, and he just sent me Taking Back Sunday where he sends me a Taking Back Sunday song on Sunday now, which is we're two brilliant people. I mean, I don't know that that's going to well they're patent. We better Should I step in here and do like a Hey Monday Monday? No, that's uh that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch. But we may need to trademark that because this is going to explode over the nation. Uh but anyways, uh and so the reason I'm telling you about this is because I send him stories so far uh music, but they came out with there's a album um, commemorating one of the members of the band Transit. Oh, um, so good. Passed away. Yeah, and uh, the story so far cover of Outbound has been like my shower song. Uh, beautiful. So, yeah, check that well, out. It is Super Bowl Sunday, and it's so funny that you mentioned Transit because I remember a few Super Bowl Sundays ago, I think it was when the, the Baltimore Ravens were in, um, they actually played a transit song going into like one of the breaks, and it was just oh, so wow. cool. I wonder how you get like where who's in charge of that? I don't know. It probably was just someone that was a fan of, a fan of transit, and you know they did they just wanted to do it because they wanted to you know they liked the band. Well, I mean that's the obvious answer, Mike. Why Why did they choose this song? Maybe they were a fan of the band. That's not really what I meant. I'm like, obviously, you know, dig a little deeper. Come up with something crazy. You know, maybe they're, maybe Transit is, you know, extorting, like blackmailing the person running the thing. And if you don't play our music coming out of break, then, you know, we're going to steal your cat. <laughs> maybe something like that, you know? Like, get a little creative. It's a podcast. Not everything has to be true, you know? All right, we'll we'll stick with that. Transit not, is going to steal everyone's cat if they don't play their music going in and out of break. You just get creative. Can it's the same thing over and over again, you know? <laughs> I guess that's why you are doing the creative stuff, and I'm just the the organizational and boring one of the the podcast. That's how it goes. Listen, jack of all trades, master of none. We know nothing except. The silliness that's it that's how we run this podcast so michael let's bring it home because i do have to go hit yeah, I, the gotta, I gotta make the guac you're guacking oh i'm guacking guac and roll over there is it how so how do you make vegan guac um is it vegan right out of the shell or what goes on there i'm I, i'll say it once again not a vegan but i actually mix it up a little bit i throw a little uh greek yogurt in mine yeah, I mean that's pure vegan. That I don't is not know. vegan. All you do is run from it. Is is ridiculous. Yeah, it, it makes it a little more uh, satisfying, and uh, it fills you up a little bit. So, right. it's good stuff. Yeah. And it's it's good, clean vegan food. If you say so, you should make a vegan cookbook that's so not vegan, and everyone would just be so mad. No, I. Mike, I just make a cookbook of what you – I know what you eat. I just write that stuff down. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. we'll – Vegan we'll, guacamole. It's, uh, you know, it's 
that's what it is. You know, it's Mike. It's Mikey CLT's vegan guacamole. Is exactly what the name of the chapter of the book is going to be. Yeah, I can't be Hawaiian Ryan anymore because I'm missing the the dopest Hawaiian shirt ever made. So. Listen, you want to go on eBay and you want to pay fifty dollars for one of these shirts? <laughs> By all means, I know go that's for it. definitely what it's going to cost too. I'm telling you right now, the people only give you one promotional item per ticket. That's it. You can't go back and get them. And <clears throat> I like all the promotions they've given me thus far, and so nobody gets them except for me. All right. That's fair. All right. All right, Dev. Well, all enjoy right. hanging with Tim and Maddie on Thursday night, and then right. I'll see you on Friday. All right, brother. All right. Peace be with you. And also, we'll be